We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Roadwire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It is Friday, February 16th, 2018. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K Train Kreitz. All aboard! Shannon's got his own sound effects now. I like it. You can find us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave. A nice review on one of those venues you know that we'd love to have it. Quick overview of the pod. We've got no NBA games for about a week here heading into the All-Star break. So we're going to be a little reflective and look back on the first half of the season, unofficial half. It's really mostly 75% of the season. Um, With our broad topic of the day, we're going to be talking about Mid-season overachievers and disappointments, can't wait to get into that, but of course, we're going to kick things off with some top news from around the league, and K-Train is going to get us started with that right now. Well, folks may not notice this because of the All-Star game, but two games last night, including a historic opposing player, triple-double night last night, the Joker and the Greek Freak with dueling monster triple-doubles. Jokic was a tad better as the Nuggets win 134-123. to a lot of history in this, guys. Did you see the game before I dive into the historic stats? I did watch a little bit of the game last night. Jokic had a triple-double at halftime, I believe. Before um, half. He had it in the second quarter uh, with about almost two minutes left. It was the fastest triple-double in 20 years. Wow. Un- under 15 minutes of playing time. That's... <laughs> I mean, that's just absurd. We always talk about like, oh, you know, Denver should have went out and got a point guard. Um, But I think, you know, especially as fantasy fans, we've really enjoyed Jokic and Barton being the de facto point guards. Yeah, yeah. I have a few takeaways about the the Joker triple-double. One, the Bucks defense was just non-existent all of last (laughs) night. It's like they started the All-Star break uh, a day early. Uh, And two... You know, I love I love Jokic. I think he has some of the sickest dimes you'll see. He had a couple that were that were sweet last night, but even hit like even he had one behind the back, and even that was kind of lackluster for a behind the back pass. But most of his assists came off handoffs or or like 
little five foot dishes to Jamal Murray or Gary Harris, and they were just nailing their three pointers last night. So it's not like he wasn't this crazy impressive. I'm dribbling around, creating openings for my teammates, hitting them on these awesome cuts. It wasn't anything like that. So this is going back to. I, I do love your criticism. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is going back to an old man rant that Shannon had uh, a while ago with the way that assists are tallied in the uh, NBA they, these days. But more, the majority of them were legitimate assists. They were legit. Yeah. There were only like two that I would have said, yeah. Like Will Barton hit a three where he like pump faked it twice and took a jab step and then shot it. I wouldn't count that as an assist. But but they were all legit assists. They just weren't like super impressive. I mean, if all you're doing is handing the ball off to another guy who hits a 25-footer... How is that really impressive? What, what I love is the Joker's passing so good. You're, you're criticizing his behind the back uh, assist for being dull, like, it, as if they, as was. if all the other NBA centers are, are whipping around behind the back dimes to other players. Well, I've seen him throw some <laughs> sick behind the back. Of course, of before. course. That that oh. one was just kind of like, yeah, my mom could have thrown that. <laughs> well, your mom's very athletic. Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> As the old guy in the pot, I, I feel pressed into giving some historic stats last night. That was only the third time in history that two opposing players have had triple doubles. The other two occurred in the 60s. 1961, Oscar Robertson, of course, you'd kind of expect that, uh, versus Richie Guerin. And I'll admit, I don't know who Richie Guerin played for in 1961. Uh, the other one, Johnny Red Kerr uh, in 1965 against Dave DeBusher. And by the way, uh, I lived in Chicago when, uh, during some of the time when Red Kerr was color commentary for the Bulls during the Jordan years. He was awesome. Player, coach, the, Tommy Heinsohn of the Bulls, or you could call Heinsohn the Red Kerr of the Celtics. To, uh, to clarify, Ken, I think that that stat is actually opposing players who score 30 points or more with a triple-double. It's only the third time in history. Now, I'm pretty sure opposing well, triple-doubles... Let me go back to my... Uh, yeah, I... I, I I'm not sure. I'm 90% sure that's the case. I think opposing triple doubles has happened more than that. I would think so. Yeah. I think it's just 30 point. Each player with the triple double had 30 points or more. But we know why Ken brought that up. He just wanted to yell Johnny Red Kerr into the microphone. <laughs> that's, that's a name meant for Ken Kreitz. We do, a, a, if this is the first time you're joining us on this pod, we do at the end of the show Ken's mispronounced name of the pod and Johnny Red Ke- Red Kerr is 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 foolproof except not for me obviously because I just butchered it. And you know what you you are right Shannon I'm going back to my source uh the uh it is a uh, 30 point dueling triple doubles my amazing that makes yeah. it all the more amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so guys who do you think Joker or Greek Freak has actually played better the last 30 days based on average game stats. Joker's had two more games. Joker's been insane lately. I mean, he's he's averaging close to a triple double over the past week. Um, yeah. He's hitting a you know one point eight threes per game. Um, he's just over the past month. He's just under one steal and one block. Um, I would guess based on like Yahoo's rankings, and and I don't know. I haven't looked at this. That, yeah, that it's based Joker, on yeah. Yeah, I would say Joker is probably slightly ahead. You are correct. It is close, but uh, Yahoo's got. Uh, Greek Freak at 20th and uh, Joker at 15th over the last 30 days. Average game stats. And then, hey, uh, I know I did this last week, but a continued nod to Shannon when DJ and I were imploring the Nuggets to get a point guard. Murray and Harris are both stepping up their game. They had 26 and 28 respectively. Could not miss from downtown last night, as you guys mentioned. Let's go to the standings too. Nuggets are 32 and 26. So what do we know? I mean, they're firmly in the playoff race without a point guard. Would I have liked them to see, you know, Kemba Walker join the squad? I think it'd be kind of interesting, but again, um, it's an interesting dynamic where they have two non-traditional ball handlers. So they're going to roll with it. We could have seven teams in a battle Royale for the last five spots out West. There's not a whole lot of separation. Yeah. It's going to be an awesome finish. I mean, yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams with 25 or 26 losses in the West right now. Um, you know, it's it's kind of sad that it's being overlooked because the Warriors are just so damn good that nobody even cares about the rest of the teams. Um, but looky look right now, Shannon, at the top of the standings, the Houston Rockets are number one overall. Let's say they do get the number one seed overall. Do you think that changes the playoffs, you know, playoff picture in any way or or does it not matter whatsoever? The Warriors are just going to blaze through. 
Uh, it doesn't matter at all. Okay. I mean, we, we've seen Chris <laughs> Paul and Harden fizzle out in the playoffs too many times. Until they prove otherwise, it doesn't matter. All right. I like uh, – also, correction, it's actually uh, eight teams in a battle royale for the last six spots out west as only four and a half games separate the Spurs and T-Wolves, which are essentially tied for third in the west, and the Jazz, who are actually 10th. Uh, at 30 and 28. So, it's, yeah, But uh, as Shannon alludes, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's just trivial. Fodder for the eventual Warriors-Rockets Western final. Um, okay, it is All-Star weekend. I think the three of us agree that Puke, we're not, really not that crazy about it, but who do you guys got for the different contest? Who do you got for the dunk contest? Uh, puke indeed. However, we should tote, uh, we do have an article going up, uh, a staff picks article that will be posted by one Nick Whalen at some point, hopefully today, uh, with all of our picks. Not my favorite thing to talk about, as you mentioned, Ken, but like you said, we might as well get into it. So dunk contest, uh, I think Dennis Smith Jr. had this in the bag before he even got drafted by the Mavericks, so I'm going to roll with him. I'm going with Donovan Mitchell for the dunk contest. He's your boy, man. He's you you love you love him. He's my boy. I, I think yeah. smaller players when they when they throw down, it's just prettier, gets higher score. Mm. Well, Smith and uh-huh. Mitchell and Smith are the and same Mitchell, height. Yes, yeah. Smith and Mitchell. I, I was well, kind of a toss up between those two, and I'm going to go with Mitchell. I'm going with uh, uh, Victor Oladipo, who, by the way, in my rebound rant, I'm trying to get uh, the Viper to be his nickname. Do you know what his nickname was heading into the season? No, I it's can terrible. look it up. It's a terrible you, nickname. Mr. Feathery. Mr. Uh. Feathery. It's awful. That's one of the worst nicknames I ever. Mr. Feathery? Yeah. Was he working at a quilt shop? What is, you know, that's terrible. Anyway, the Viper. What do you think of the Viper? The Viper's good. I mean, I think you're pretty solid at giving out nicknames. It looks like basketball reference. Yeah, they don't have anything listed for his nickname. So, so Viper's good, the better Viper. than nothing. We'll call I'm him going with the Viper. I found Mr. Feathery in a different article, uh, almost all the way back to his Hoosier days, but it's terrible. Ter- unacceptable. Can go with the Viper. All right, skills contest. Who you guys got? Oh, gosh. Um, well, big men, big men have won the past two seasons. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going with my boy, Andre Drummond. That's why I'm going Big Al Horford. And I'm going Joel Embiid. There you go. Funny enough. <laughs> okay. All right, three-point contest. Who you got? Who you got? So I wrote this in the article that you, you know, you'll know you see shortly. Usually I like to go with the hometown favorite. They usually sneak a hometown oh, player yeah. in the three-point contest. This is the most lackluster hometown favorite you could ever imagine. It's Tobias Harris. He's only been in L.A. for so long, and he doesn't even play for the best team in town. So I'm going to go with the defending Wait, champ, what? Eric Gordon. What? The Clippers aren't better than the Lakers right now? Oh, that's true. That's true. I guess all traditionally. Right, right, right. Traditionally, right. yeah. I'll give, I'm I'll fairly certain. I'm fairly certain they had to Photoshop his Clipper uniform on him for the pictures <laughs> in the promos. I I'm going with I'm going with Devin Booker. Um, I'm gonna, I sure think he's an assassin. I like I like him him and and Beal was probably my second pick. How about you, Ken? I'm going Eric Gordon, last year's winner, but more importantly, of this group, he's taken the most three point attempts, and I think it's all about willingness to chuck. I do see Wayne Ellington though uh, as a close second. They all Maybe get not. to take the same amount of attempts on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I realize that, but uh, you know, three points all about stones and having the confidence to throw them up there. Gordon has the most. All right, and then who's our MVP, guys, for the actual All-Star game? I don't think it's even up for debate. It's Russell Westbrook because he's the only one that tries, and therefore, if you're trying at all, you're trying harder than anybody else that participates <laughs> in that game. I'm going to go James Harden because the game's all about not playing defense and no one not plays defense better than James Harden. (laughs) And I will go with LeBron James because this year is just him destroying everything. So Mm. I think it's Harden or James. Give me James. Okay. All right. And then, hey, last point uh, from uh, the latest news. I actually saw a quote this morning in a Zach Lowe article, which is quite good on ESPN. Uh, regarding the upcoming NBA Tank Fest. And it reiterated a fantastic point that DJ made last week on the pod. So that's why I, I cut and paste it here. I said uh, the low quote is, there are eight teams with records between 18 and 41, Atlanta and Phoenix, and 20 and 37, Chicago, with the unicornless Knicks, 23 and 36, losers of eight straight, making a late push to join the slap fight. The Knicks are giving minutes to something called Luke Cornett, which sounds like a woodwind instrument. 
in fairness, the unicornette can hit threes. Hey, Zach Lowe, our own DJ trainer was all over Luke Cornette. You step back. Or give trainer some props, baby. Yeah, I, I, funny enough, I did not see my name mentioned in that article. Um, <laughs> I but, know. You know, those, Zach's listening to this right now. So, Zach, come on. Come yeah, on. you know he is. Um, <laughs> I don't listen to his podcast, funny enough. So, um, Luke Cornette is like a baby version of, of Porzingis, like in a really terrible kind of way, and not even in the Draymond Green to Julius Randle type of way that I try like to pawn on you guys all the time. It's like it's a, a 1962 way. <laughs> right. Yeah, just a, a, a really poor man's version. But, you know, uh, he, he was really good in college, and I thought he was going to get drafted higher. His draft, docs, draft stock fell. Um, you know, I, I'm... We'll see what happens, but they have every incentive to tank and therefore play Cornette lots of minutes. I think, gentlemen, next week we're going to look ahead. We're going to project to the end of the season and kind of dig into some of these teams that have more incentive to play guys that have been at the end of the bench or not even at the team whatsoever. Uh, maybe some guys like Luke Cornette will get mentioned next week because um, the motivation behind teams change quite a bit when there's nothing to play for. Right, Shannon? Absolutely. That's right. All right, guys. Well, I got regards, regards to Cornette, he's seven foot one too. You can't teach seven foot one. What the hell? Give him a try. He scored a lot at Vanderbilt. Yeah, yeah. He, he's arguably one of Vanderbilt's best players ever. Um, yeah. So we'll that see. That is saying a lot. That is saying a lot. Yeah. On the risen court, they have the weirdest arena. Anyway, we're not going to get into it. But anyways, uh, gentlemen, let's let's move on here and let me ask you a question. What's better than fantasy sports? Nothing. Pizza. A couple things, maybe. Uh, the answer is the future of fantasy sports. Getting and, jiggy with it. And the Fantasy Gold team is bringing you just that. Welcome to DraftDaily.com. It's crypto, it's currency, it's sports. DraftDaily.com is the new standard in the fantasy sports industry. With almost non-existent fees, 100% trackable transactions, and 0% risk of chargebacks, they're taking the industry by storm, making the game we all love both safer and cheaper to play. They've brought fantasy sports and blockchain technology together to create the ultimate user experience and platform, DraftDaily.com. On DraftDaily.com, their users can play without worry and without fees digging into their profits. DraftDaily.com is introducing cryptocurrencies to the masses. What better way to do that than to merge crypto with fantasy sports? On DraftDaily.com, you play with and win cryptocurrency. Secure your place in history. Play on DraftDaily.com today where players and the game they love are all the focus, draftdaily.com. Now, I teased it. Let's get into it. The heart of today's podcast, overachievers and disappointments. So let's start with overachievers so far this season. I'm going to kick it off here with uh, a name, um, pretty, pretty good player, obviously, and that's Jimmy Butler. Um, going to Minnesota, I thought there was no way he'd be coming close to his averages from last year in Chicago. And he is actually like almost dead on with his averages from last year. I think rebounds is the only thing that's down. Otherwise it's, it's like literally identical. Um, Shannon, let's start with you. I mean, moving into a lineup where you have other all-stars like Carl Anthony Towns and fringe all-stars like Andrew Wiggins, I just thought there was no possible way he'd be able to just amass counting stats but he has i'm with you i mean i avoided jimmy butler and jeff jeff teague like the plague there's just no way the only the only timberwolf i was really comfortable drafting was carl anthony towns and and actually i mean butler's been great you know near arguably an mvp caliber performance from him this season um for you know on the other side of that coin and one of my biggest disappointments is andrew wiggins I mean, Andrew yeah. Wiggins was was pre-ranked like 50, 60 range for the season. He's 153 on Yahoo based on, C, on, on game average right now. Probably percentages, right? Yeah, I mean, percentages, part of it, he's only shooting 63% from the line, 44% from the floor. You know, Those last, in the last eight minutes of every game, they just utterly defer to Butler as if the rest of the team are in their 10th game in the NBA. I mean, they just... They're just staring at him like he's the you know the the Hall of Famer and and they have no business being on the floor almost. It's almost kind of shameless. He's the alpha dog, and I and it's alpha funny. beta that's, whatever that's the what, next letter is. Yeah, yeah that's what Minnesota <laughs> was missing. Really, it was these young guys that really hadn't found their way in the league. Jimmy Butler is apparently exactly what they needed. I think Shannon, the sixty three percent from the line when he's going to the line four times a game is is really what hurts cool. that um, he, manufactured ranking. 
he was at 76 each of his first three seasons. So it, it's a it's a significant drop. He's also shooting a lot less free throws. He was averaging seven free throws a game the last two seasons, and Wiggins is down to, you know, you'd mentioned four per game this year. I mean, his his three-point shooting, you know, not as not as efficient as last year, but he's still hitting 1.3 per game. His steals are at are at a career high 1.1. But his scoring with Butler there, Wiggins scoring has dropped six points, 23.5 to 17.5 points. The one redeeming quality for Wiggins, and you're right, that's the most damning one, is this is six points per game. The one redeeming quality is this guy has only missed one game over the past four seasons. Over his whole career, he's missed one regular season game so far. So if you're looking at Roto, that certainly does factor into, you know, it's disappointing season, but at least he's not missing a bunch of games. He is playing poorly for you every night. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Ken, who do you think is an overachiever so far this season? I got to go with the Viper. You know, also uh, in my love issue of the uh, rebound and rant, led with the Viper, guy was ranked 94th last uh, year on Yahoo. Uh, average games, played in most of them. He's ranked ninth now. I mean, Shannon called it. He said he was going to take a leap, that he just needed to get away from Westbrook, that his magic numbers look good. And I believed in him and got him in a few leagues. But uh, the Viper's just been awesome. And I feel, I feel really good about trading for him in our Keeper League. Yeah, no, he's been fantastic. And, and it was really underreported, the changes that he went through diet-wise and just overall body changes uh, that he went through in the offseason. I mean, I didn't read about it until a month. Did he get like a new Bartola cologne arm? Did he go to South America Dude, to get that? You should see the before and after pictures. I mean, they're they're insane. He's completely jacked now. Where like before, he was just kind of like a average man's body, mm-hmm. uh, but he's just totally ripped. He, he changed his workout habits, his his diet, and everything else, and he's he's like a new person. So so it's it's our bad and the Pacers beat writers bad that we didn't cover that more closely during the off season. Well, DJ, make your, as usual, college career, pro career analysis with the Viper. He's, he, made, he made strides each year in college, right? Oh, exactly. yes, I mean, of course. Yeah, that was always was, your point, DJ. You yeah, said he was right. slow to develop at the college level, and but gradually improved every year. Can Looks I have to be the so same many, arc. Right? Can I have so many far-flung theories out there that you guys have to remind me? But you're totally <laughs> right. He's one of the legit, he's one of the we're, legit guys. We're now... We're now even for me forgetting cockroach a couple pods ago. Now we're even. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, the, the theory goes that um, you know there are just certain guys that need to get acclimated to the new style of play, regardless of that's you know from middle school to high school to high school to college and college to the pros. Um, Jimmy Butler maybe a guy like that too, where he mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily an instant star at Marquette and he certainly wasn't an instant star in the NBA but over time um, he came in got acclimated and now now they're one of the best in the league Kawhi Leonard also I think um, a guy that was not necessarily like a high 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 recruit out of San Diego State although I need to know my know what I don't know and I don't know high school recruiting whatsoever uh, a guy that we need to mention it's Shannon's guy so I almost feel dirty taking this one mm-hmm. from him is yeah. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell that's all I'm gonna say and I'll let Shannon give the analysis he he's we've talked about it numerous times. I mean, he's having like a historically good rookie season. Um, his usage in particular, the fact that he's chucking up 17 shots per game for the Jazz, and that's only going to go up for the remainder of the season. Um, it's it's insane. You know, he was hardly drafted in most 10 and 12 team leagues, especially. I mean, unless it was a keeper league, he probably wasn't on many radars. But He's great. I mean, two two point three three pointers, nineteen points per game, three and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, one point five steals, percentages or free throw percentage is great, eighty four. You can live with the forty four from the floor because he's giving you everything else. So and let's keep this train going, Shannon. Who's your favorite Detroit Piston overachiever? Andre Drummond, of course. Of course. And, I mean, this is. It's all about for for Dre. It's all about the improvement at the free throw line. He was basically untouchable in in rotisserie leagues the past couple seasons, but now he's he's shooting a sixty three percent. So he's basically equal with Andrew Wiggins from the free throw line now. <laughs> uh, but sixty three percent, it's it's doable. You can make up you can make up those losses in the category in your rotisserie leagues when someone's shooting that you know that high of a clip. And Nobody had, thought he was be getting mid sixties. Nobody no, thought mid sixties no. preseason. Well, absolutely I'm, not. And the biggest, arguably, for his fantasy value too. Well, I mean, free throw, but assists. 
He was 1.1 last year. He's at 3.6. Blake Griffin coming to town is not going to help it, and I think that it's going to slowly but surely fall, and I'm sure you're about to read off his last few games of assists. Well, right I mean, now. the assists will dip, but Andre Drummond, the thing that makes him unique is he is a plus player in field goal percentage, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have like six categories. Like, yeah, he's a negative in three-pointers. He hasn't made one all season. And he's a negative in free throws. But every other category, he, he gives you a plus performance and a significant impact, like high-caliber performance in rebounds. I mean, I think he's leading the league with 15.7 per game. Most definitely. So a guy that I'd like to talk about here is Drew Holiday, Um, somebody we really haven't talked about on the pod that much. He's not the sexiest of fantasy options night in, night out. Um, But I thought with Boogie Cousins having his first full season there, Anthony Davis, you know, having, you know, starting the season healthy, that Holiday would just kind of get drowned out, take that nice new contract and just sail into the sun. But he's arguably having his best statistical season of his career, averaging a career-high 18.6 points. Uh, 5.5 assists is actually one of his lowest totals, um, but that makes sense because Cousins actually dished out a lot of assists, more than anybody expected when he was on the court. Um, Holiday was just one of those guys, like Shannon mentioned, with um, your Jeff Teagues and your um, you know your other Minnesota players that because there was just so much new talent coming on, I'm just staying away. And I think you got nice value if you drafted Drew Holiday where you did this preseason. Yeah, a couple things about Holiday is I mean, one, he stayed healthy, so that's been a big part of it. And two, the, the Pelicans' depth is non-existent. So he's playing a career-high <laughs> 37 minutes per game, which is a result in a career-high 15 field goal attempts per game. Or, I'm sorry, that's second highest of his career. But but the, the career-high in minutes and the fact that he stayed healthy is why we're second seeing Second career-high, too. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had a really good 2012-2013 season with Philadelphia that – is the one combating this season. Yeah. But still, he's had a resurgence and a very, very good season so far this year. Yeah, three-pointer steals have been legit. The only thing you can be upset about is assists, but 5.5 still gets it done. Most you know, I, I'm, I'm getting off script here, but you mentioned the Pelican lack of depth. You guys believe it in Dar- Darius Miller for the second half? 19 points last contest. Man, what a roller coaster that's been for him. People were dropping all their fab money on him, and then Miritich right. comes into town, and then he was getting dropped. Uh, he's a stay away from me. You can ride that roller coaster if you want, but Shannon is 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 giving a looking at it cockeyed. Maybe he's willing to give it a whirl here. I don't know. I mean, he's basically a three point player, right? I mean, that's that's the one category. Or CJ Miles. Yeah. I, you know, he is. He's averaging close to thirty minutes per game over the past four. He's hit. What what is that? Twelve three pointers over that stretch. So three point three three trays per game over the past four. But that's all he's that that is all he he will do for you. So I mean he's a he's a solid option to pick up if you're in like a twelve or fourteen team league. Ten team leagues, I would probably stay away. I think that was a great comp, Ken. CJ Miles. So if you're looking at your purely three point specialist, Wayne Ellington is top shelf right now, and then CJ Miles and Darius Miller are right there. 2A, 2B for me. Um, it, again, don't don't add them, like Shannon said, unless you need three-pointers. Let, let's say you've been rolling with Bellinelli as your three-point right. specialist, you know, mm-hmm. helping out in that category. Yeah. He's in Philly now. He's not going to get the same kind of run he got with Atlanta. So maybe drop him for Darius Miller. That would be a good fit. Nice, nice. Um, DJ, I believe you have a former Thunder uh, on your overachiever list. I do. I'm Almost positive this guy's former name. Former Bull, former Thunder. Former, yeah, former both. Um, I'm pretty positive this guy's name has not been dropped on this year's pod by us whatsoever. So here we go. Todd Gibson, 32 years old. Um, again, we knew he was going to go and start right away um, in, in Tibbs' lineup because that's just, you know, Tibbs just absolutely loves Gibson, knocking Gorgie Jang out of the lineup, one of Ken's favorite. And mm. again, mm. when you have Thibodeau lineups – He's just going to play the same eight guys into the ground. And so, until their knees bleed. Until their knees, knees bleed. Literally bleed. Yes, seriously. <laughs> um, and 33.6 minutes per game out of pretty much any player is going to have fantasy value. And that's what we have here with Gibson 12 points, seven rebounds, almost a full steal, almost a full block. You know, that has standard league relevancy. Oh, yeah, by the way, Shannon, he's shooting 
um, almost 60% from the field. Yep. Yeah, he's been great. And, and really, he's one of those guys, he's, he plays every single game. He plays a boatload of minutes. So so his his game-by-game game average ranking is like 75 on Yahoo. But his total average for season total, he's 42. He's a top 50 fantasy player yeah. this year. That's insane. No one expected that from, from a 32-year-old Todd Gibson. Um, I, I do worry a little bit about him down the stretch just because he is a little bit older. They, they have... They have Gorky that they can throw into the lineup, so we'll we'll see. Um, maybe a slight dip in performance in the second half, but but he's still he's still going to be steady and solid, and you can roll him out there. All right, we only have one more name left on left on our overachiever list, and this looks like a Shannon name if I ever saw. One. No, it was no? not. I put it on there. Sorry. Oh, excuse me, K Train. Proceed. <laughs> Proceed. Well. Uh, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, because I hate how much trash this guy's talks in social media and everywhere else he can. But Enos Cantor, you know, walking double double this season, uh, averaging 14 and 10. And he's only going to be better in the second half with no Porzingis, right? I mean, the three games he's played without Porzingis 24 and 14, 17 and 13, 17 and 11. Um, I, I have to begrudgingly respect Enos Cantor, who, as you wisely point out, Shannon has. Shannon knew this was coming, right, Shannon? Of course. I would have put him <laughs> on the list. <clears throat> he, he's been fantastic. I mean, 60% from the floor, 87% from the line. That's insane. 87%. Which is like an eight-point increase, eight increase after six years of mediocre free throw shooting. Yeah. I mean, he does nothing on defense. He doesn't hit threes. Won't get you assists. But those percentages and then the fact that he's averaging 14 and 11 right now, that's going to go up in the second up. half of the season. Yep. I mean, that's only that's in 26 minutes per game. Imagine if he was actually playing 32, 33 minutes. We're going to see that the rest of the way. So, I mean, he could be he could be like 19 and 13 the rest of the way, and it would not surprise me. Uh, you know, the, the free throw, everything makes sense. You called his big minutes. I did not, obviously, when I traded for Willie Hernan Gomez, is now in Charlotte. Um, but how the heck do you just spring up eight extra free throw percentage points after a seven-year career, too? That is like, super odd to me. I, I mean, and how do you drop if you're Andrew Wiggins? It's it's all in their head, right? I mean, could it, could it actually be that um, a new arena visually just is easier on their eyes? I mean, that's mm-hmm. not, you can't say that for Wiggins, but you can say that for Cantor. Dropping, dropping later in your career is, is definitely the weirder thing to do. Most players improve their shooting and free throw percentage as they age. With Cantor, it is a pretty big jump, but at the same time, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of the few skills in the NBA you expect to just gradually increase every year. And he's, he's, he's only 25. Yeah, he's been in the league for a while, but he's only 25. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not too surprised. I'm surprised that it's that big of a jump, but the fact that he's approached 80% before in his career, you know, it shouldn't it shouldn't take too many people off guard. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. All right, well, enough of this sunshine. DJ, let's cut to our promo and then come back with our anger over the disappointment. Certainly. We have a special offer for Rotowire podcast listeners, courtesy of DraftKings. We're offering a free six-month Rotowire subscription to new DraftKings users. Here's how to take advantage of that offer. First, you create a DraftKings account and make your first deposit of at least $10. Then, you get a six-month Rotowire membership free. Receive a free $3 ticket for a one-day fantasy sports contest deposited into your account. Super duper. And play for a shot at winning big cash prizes. All you have to do is visit DraftKings.com forward slash Rotowire dash 2018 to sign up and claim your free subscription today. It's a long one, so let me read it out one more time. DraftKings.com forward slash Rotowire dash 2018 to sign up and claim your free subscription today. Free subscription. Super duper. <laughs> 
let's cut to Shannon. Shannon, let's get this negativity going. Pre-old man rant. Dive into the disappointments for this fantasy season. By far, the biggest disappointments this fantasy season. Uh-oh. Ken Kreitz and oh. EJ Trainer. Ah! Bringing up bums like Nick Young every single damn podcast are trying to trade me Wayne Ellington for three first-round picks and my best keeper. <laughs> Get the what? F out. But, hey, I did trade well uh, Ellington to our pod partner, DJ. I'm very happy with that. Just because you hated I Ellington. I did I not ask bitter. for three first-rounders. I'm not surprised that two guys who know nothing about fantasy oh, basketball can wow. come together and make a deal like that. Is there trouble at home? What is in – who peed in Shannon's cornflakes? What anger. Did Finley did Finley say mom before she said dad? God no, she was saying dad once. <laughs> okay, before. all right, all right. Well, I tell you what, she I, said mom, she said dog, she said house, yeah, she said cookie, car, yeah, cookie, <laughs> uh, Trump. Um, <laughs> uh, ooh. All right, guys, I have I have a player here that I'm I'm just as disappointed in as Shannon is of us, Ken. And that's yeah. Kawhi Leonard. And normally, yeah. normally, wow. normally, I'm not not disappointed in injured players. But this just seems like a weird situation where maybe I should be more disappointed in the Spurs. Yes. And maybe I'm just super disappointed that I spent 45 freaking dollars in a staff keeper league that I was projected to win. And Kawhi Leonard has been on my bench all season long. Who, yeah. Whose projections were you against? You, your own? You said I... You... you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, right? I mean... Kawhi Leonard ruined a lot of fantasy seasons. And again, it, it's mostly probably the Spurs because it seems like he actually wants to come back. James Anderson drafted, you know, just to use a test case here, James Anderson drafted him in our stake league. James Anderson is in like second to last place because of how much money he spent on Kawhi Leonard. You have to assume that pretty much everybody, especially in, in auction leagues and even in snake drafts, unless they lucked out and got Cousins with their next pick and got Tyreek Evans, you know, they probably are sitting at the bottom end of rankings if you yeah. got Kawhi. The only way you got the only way you got off is if you had a later draft because at the beginning of draft season, Kawhi was still going in the end of the first round, early second. As the draft season progressed and he got closer to the tip off, he did drop some. So if you if you only had to use a mid third rounder on him, maybe you were able to salvage your season. But those earlier drafts, you're screwed. By the way, I want in on next. Uh, I got squeezed out of Stake League. I want in next year on Stake League. I will fly to Madison. Well, all right, we'll that make changes it work. things. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so more disappointing. I have a question for you guys. Um, we, we've talked about disappointment and this guy's name over and over again. Now, question, Ken. I'll start with you on this one. Joel Embiid mm. has missed eleven games so far this season. We're about seventy-five percent of the way through. Is that overachieving or disappointing? We have a wager on this, but I don't remember the number of the wager. I'm looking it up. I, I think forget it was 25 what. Or in that chance. in that ballpark. I think it was around 25. So yeah, based I'm on trying. that bet, which I deemed a fair bet, he has I overachieved. I think he's ahead. So I think he has overachieved. I'm, I can't find the. It's here somewhere. But uh, he's about 50th overall in Roto rankings, I believe. No, I'm no. Shaking your head. I mean, he he total stats on Yahoo. He's ranked 29th average. Per game average, sixteenth. You know, so, yes, you had to you had to spend a second or third round pick on him depending on your draft, but he's been every bit worth that. We had him miss so the wager was at sixty games total, so missing twenty two. So he's ahead of he's ahead of uh, pace. So Shannon right now uh what is what was the wager for that? Oh, stance a pair of socks. Stance socks. But you gotta assume they re- well now they, I was going to say, you assume they rest them for the playoffs, but they're outside looking in, I think, right now at playoffs. So they're going to have to might, might go the other way, which works for Shannon. Most definitely. All right, guys. Uh, somebody we've talked about a lot on this podcast, definitely in preseason ranks, Alan Crabb. Um, and I'm more asking right now on this guy. Mm. Has he been? I know he's been good the last couple of weeks, but overall, um, are we going to say that Alan Crabb has disappointed so far this fantasy season? Shannon, we'll start with you. I, it's not really. Because he, he's basically he's living up to his pre-draft rank. You expected him to be like right, right around 120, and that's where he's at. I know He's playing 30 minutes per game. He's hitting a ton of three-pointers. 
And you really, if you drafted him, that's what you wanted. That's there was nothing more, nothing less. I I think his his value is only going to go up from here. It seems like his run is really his playing time has increased significantly. Um, he's just chucking up tons of three pointers. There was a game um, last oh, week yeah. that he chucked up. 18 three-point attempts over the past four games. He has. And some of them are shameless. Some oh, of them are like five feet behind the arc. They're just shameless. 18. He, had, he has 14, 18, and 11 three-point attempts in three of the past four games. That is absolutely bonkers. Well, a lot of the helium was just Brooklyn's going to push the pace. No one can score. Uh you know who's you know they just they, they just took that contract off of Portland's hands, so they're going to give him minutes. We thought it was he'd a lot of just small spec- forward. Yeah, we thought he'd smart, which he is now, but uh, not for the most of the season. And so we were. It was really a lot of it was just a dart at a high scoring or at least a frequently shooting Nets team that didn't necessarily pan out. Another hot topic here, where I'm more so asking, Lonzo Ball. Shannon, again, we'll start with you because I know you have him in our staff keeper league. Um, you know, at at the price you paid for him, which was was not cheap. It was in the low teens, right? Um, has he disappointed, or has he disappointed you this season for fantasy purposes? Let's leave his dad and his family out of it. Uh, it's a little bit. Of, the answer is yes and no, and and I mean it's no because I'm not going to say someone's a disappointment when they're when they've been injured for as long as he has. I mean, he's missed. He it's kind of like an incomplete grade. He's just missed too many games already. I sure. mean, he's sat out like over twenty games already. So, so it's it's tough to rate. But if if you look at some of the stats, I can I can get excited about the seven rebounds, seven assists, one point five steals, one point six threes. Those are all great. the The bad part are the percentages, and it's not even the thirty, not even the thirty six percent from the floor. I'm more furious. I'm more I'm more upset about the 48% from the free throw line. Like that's just no one yeah. fathom would be that bad from the free throw line. So I I don't know. It's I, it's incomplete because he was showing he was showing some growth and started to get better before his injury and I I think that we would have seen improvements had he not been injured. I mean let, even looking at his splits for December. 10 games in December he played 35 minutes per his field goal percentage went was all the way up to 42. And he was still only hitting 50% from the line, but 38% from downtown and 42% from the floor. You know, aver- averaging 12 and, and 7 and 7, that that holds value. What percentage of NBA fans are rooting against Lonzo Ball? 38. Well, no, I mean, it's more than that. <laughs> I'm going 55. Yeah, 60. And I'm in that camp. That's a shame because it's not his fault. I mean, he seems like a really pleasant guy. You know, what about what about his dad done. now saying Ball's going to go to whatever team signs his two brothers? All that is is that Ball, the dad Ball, has realized that Jello, the middle son, is, is is really bad, and he's actually come to grips with that, and so he's leveraging. So now his you're way. burdening your oldest yeah. son. Yep, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Jello not being good is now the burden of Lonzo and Leangelo, which we all suspected would happen at some point. I've got a quick hitter here. Let's move out to Denver. Wilson Chandler has been disappointing for me so far this season. Um, you know, I took him mostly as a flyer at the end of rounds because he's a 1-1-1 guy where, you know, in past seasons he's averaged a full steal, a full block, and a full three-pointer. Hasn't quite come to fruition. He's at half-half one in that regard, and he's also averaging six less points per game. No real surprise, I guess. Hindsight's always twenty twenty um, when they've been incorporating Mason Plumley a little more than maybe I thought they would, and then of course uh, Paul Millsap has been out on the court for you know, a good chunk of this season. Not now, of course, though. Yeah, good points. We picked up Chandler in our keeper league. Didn't work for us. Uh, my big disappointment, and again, maybe I, I just was blown too much helium, but Yusuf Nurkic, I had such higher hopes. I, he looked awesome in Portland the second half of last year, and I thought. At 23, he was really going to take off. You know, I just thought, gee, Denver was a poor fit, and Portland fits really well. They don't have any other good big men. And his stats have improved, but I expected much higher than uh, 14 and 8 that he's posted. Yeah, it was a bit of a mirage for him last year because he was passing the ball better than he ever had before after he moved to Portland. His defensive stats went up, um, Mm -hmm. and his offensive efficiency did too. But, But we're seeing this year really what, 
what has been the problem his entire career. I mean, he's he's only a forty eight percent shooter, and and his range doesn't really extend beyond like eight feet. So that's and problem. he turns the ball over, yeah, he and he turns it over, over, and he can't shoot free throws very well. Exactly. So <laughs> I so he's shown he's shown glimpses of what he captured last season to the point where his value is obviously going to take a hit heading into next season. But I think he'll be the type of guy that I'm going to give a chance on because, you know, within the last week, he went out 24, 14, four blocks, two steals and an assist. You know, if he can just somehow improve the games like two games ago where he only played 14 minutes, scored zero points and only had three rebounds, um, he wasn't even in foul trouble. So that the inconsistency is the tough part. But there's still enough there for me to not give up on him next year and probably get him at a discount, hopefully at least. Yeah, he's He's so good when he's good. It's just too tantalizing. I need to stop watching him play, actually. He's been a top 100 player. Uh, He's kind of like a... He's almost a much less efficient, uh, um, God, spacey, must must Polish hammer, much oh, less Gortat. Gortat, yeah, much less efficient Gortat in his prime, like that's that's Nurkic. He's huh. not that efficient, but he's Gortat in his prime. That's a good. That's a good comp. You know, speaking of Gortat and an overachiever this second half, now starting in Brooklyn, Jared Allen to me. Looks like a young Marcin Gortat to me. He looks like a... And the hair is freaking awesome. The hair is awesome. <laughs> looks looks might be the wrong... Looks might looks be the bad. wrong play. choice. The Plays, looks of his yeah. play. <laughs> All right. Before we go into Ken's old man rant, there are two veteran names that I want to mention. These guys are extreme disappointments to me. This The first one is the most no bias here no bias here on either of these really there isn't the first one the most disappointing fantasy player this season you know not you know removing injuries this healthy player brooke lopez agree by far everyone if you drafted him in the third round everyone was standing up and applauding the pick for you they thought he was going to be great with the lakers he gets all those blocks he gets three pointers he's been horrible horrible not even a top 30 fan, 130 fantasy player this year. He, I mean, he's only playing 21 minutes per game. Yeah. The Lakers don't give a turd about him. All they care about is his expiring contract. <laughs> so true. So true. You thought he'd be that one, like the actual veteran that sort of steadies the ship a little, you know, that they can go to when the offense falls apart. And he wasn't at all whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh. Now the last guy, Avery Bradley. Uh, Bradley was everyone's darling, fantasy darling last season in Boston, just pulling down boards like he was seven foot five. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? He's not, and he's not he that great a rebounder. He's only averaging th- what, like three rebounds per game Two this and season? Half. Two and Two a half, and half coming down from six point one. He's got to age so poorly. He has. He's had so many injuries over his career. That when he hits the cliff, it's just going to fall off, unfortunately. Which is sad. I love him as a player. Only twenty seven. Just too, too many injuries. He was he was drafted as a top seventy fancy player, and he's not even top one fifty for the season. So he's just been he's been atrocious. Avery Bradley, overrated turd. I love it. That, That's a no perfect transition over there. to Ken's nope. crazy old man rant. <sighs> All star games suck. Who cares? And I'm talking about all four big sports, not just the NBA. No one cares. And no one, and I mean no one, plays defense or boxes out in NBA All-Star games. I assume Bill Russell and Wes Unsell are unable to watch without throwing up. I get it. In the wee old days, each league was desperate for attention. But now we have 24-hour cable sports and radio channels, millions of websites, and an insane amount of every minute of the year coverage. We don't need all-star game hype. Do you really want your favorite star risking injury in a completely meaningless PR event? Sure, you probably remember the footage of Pete Rose barreling over Ray Fossey in the 12th inning of the 1970 baseball all-star game to score the winning run for the National League. But did you know uh, Rose separated Fossey's shoulder in that play? And what for? Nothing! Side note, by the way, Pete Rose is a complete a-hole for reasons too lengthy to describe here. Anyway, but hey, 
Do you remember Robert Edwards? I will wait, gentlemen. No. Robert Edwards, a running back, during the 1999 Rookie Beach Bowl, one of many stupid NFL All-Pro events, he destroyed his knee in the beach going for a pass between rookies Charles Woodson and R.W. McQuarters. He comes down with a horribly hyperextended knee, and his career was over. Over! We've already lost Boogie Cousins, the Unicorn, Kevin Love, Mike Conley, Jeremy Lin, and others for the season. Do we really want to risk losing more stars? No! Stop the insanity! That's to you, Mr. Silver. All right, guys. Good job on today's podcast. One last thing to do before we get out of here. We always do it. This might be, you know, one of the most abused names by Ken Kreitz, but it's okay. It's it's so you just do not get the Eastern European soft C at the end, and you say Jokic instead of Jokic, Jokic. I think I even stuttered it, like out of nervousness, knowing I was getting it wrong. I think I said Jokic. It's okay. You're consistent though. That's the thing is you're consistent with those Eastern European ending C's, so it's all good. Anyways, thanks so much for joining us here on the Roadwire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, presented by DraftKings. Ken, why don't you truly get us out of here? Well, wait a minute, Shannon. Any more digs at DJ and Ken before we uh, we move on? We'll wait. No, no, no. I'm going to save those bullets for next week. All right. All right. Well, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to take our outro quote from 2010, and I'd say underrated Hall of Famer Scotty Pippen, who said, I know sometimes I need to be more like MJ, but MJ also needs to be more like me. He needs to be the player he is with more my mentality. Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. <sighs> oh, really? Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.